1: It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. This
0: podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy.
1: Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. Today we're discussing new cheap travel hacks, borrowing is back, and beware of neobanks.
0: That is right, Joel. This is our Friday Flight episode where every week we look at some different headlines that we've come across this week. uh, And we want to talk about how they pertain to our personal finances, uh, how it affects our money. So we're going to get to those stories that you mentioned there at the top. Plus some other stories too, like hiring bonuses and our thoughts on the way that folks are investing their money these days. We'll get to those stories as well. But I know first you wanted to, you kind of had like a little halftime pump up speech uh, for, for all of us, right? With us now being in the middle of the year with it being July. Yeah, yeah. We,
1: we like literally just right, uh, passed Coach, the half point of the year, right? And Coach so, Joel was here. <laughs> we'll give one of those Friday night light speeches or something like that. I never even watched the show, but uh, <laughs> no varsity blues for you. Nope, never did yeah. that one either. (laughs) Sorry, but yeah, I just wanted to basically tell people, hey, now that we're halfway through the year, this is like the perfect chance to kind of check in on your goals. Like, how are you progressing? Uh, The the things that you wanted to accomplish at the beginning of the year, like, have you fully funded that Roth IRA if that was your goal or or are you at least halfway there, right? I feel like halftime of a ball game is the perfect time to kind of assess how your team's doing and kind of figure out what adjustments you need to make. I think it's the same thing for us when it comes to our financial planning for the year halftime through the year is a great uh, chance to reassess and see, am I making the progress I wanted? What changes do I need to make in order to get there if I'm not? Or, you know, give give yourself a little pat on the back if if you're doing great. Totally, man. And you know, with personal finances, it hardly
0: ever goes the way you expect it to, right? And so maybe at the end of last year, you're kind of looking ahead to 2021, you're feeling optimistic. You've uh, Maybe you've underspent that year, you've, you've come under budget, because a lot of us couldn't spend a whole lot of money with everything being closed last year. And so maybe looking ahead, you set some overly optimistic, ambitious goals for your money. And maybe you haven't looked at where things are, because you know, you've kind of blown things out of the water <laughs> over the past few months, as things have opened up, right? As we've all kind of re- Reemerged and we're kind of getting back to our previous levels of spending. Hopefully, we haven't exceeded those levels, but I think it could be easy for a lot of folks to think, you know what, like just the rest of 2021, whatever. Like I'm just going to live my life. Uh, It's I'm like, going to be an ostrich. I'm going to stick my head in the sand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when it comes to the numbers, keep on keeping on. Exactly. But we don't want you to do that. We have a lot of the year still left, and there are some changes that you can make to your budget, some tweaks that you can make. Because here's the thing: we want you to still set goals. We still want you to seek after those goals, but you you need to make sure that they're attainable and so hopefully you can maybe make some changes that will still be challenging for you and your money but at the same time they're
1: going to be goals uh that are within reach you want those goals to be realistic yeah, no doubt. Don't want to dwell on this too long, but I did just want to encourage people: take a look. Don't bury your head in the sand. Um, and even if you can't reach the the goal that you set out at the beginning of the year, it doesn't mean you have to scrap it all together. You can get close to that in all likelihood, yeah. you know. And and so uh, now is the perfect time to kind of check in and evaluate and have that discussion with your partner if you got one, or to just kind of do some self evaluation and then work towards finishing the year strong. Uh, but Matt, let's let's keep moving on. Let's uh, get to those stories that we found this week. And the first thing we're Talk about is travel, uh, Matt. It made me a little sad this week. I read a story about Bolt Bus. They announced that they're no longer uh, giving bus rides. they no, they've suspended operations. Yeah. So I saw that story,
0: and I have never even heard of Bolt Bus. I am not one. I'm not. Yeah, I haven't. I don't know if I'm their ideal customer, (laughs) the the different discount bus lines that exist. But this is one that I am sad to say, I mean, you're sad to see them go. But I'm sad that I had never even
1: heard of them before. Yeah, well, I I had heard of Bolt Bus, but I had never rode on Bolt Bus. But I'm still sad that they're gone. Did they get Uh, uh, Usain Bolt as their uh, spokesperson? They They probably couldn't (laughs) afford it, though. Because the the way Bolt Bus operated, it's this cheap inner city bus service, right? And so uh, Bolt Bus sold at least one ticket on every trip for just a dollar that's going to make it kind of hard to pay, you know, the commanding fee that Usain Bolt requires in order to sponsor your company. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like yeah, you can't do much better than that, right? A, a trip for a dollar to another t- to another town. But I wanted to mention that although Bolt Bus is no longer around, Mega Bus still is. And they have a really similar business model and I have ridden on Mega Bus before. I've done a few different trips. Yeah, you've done that a lot. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's kind of fun <laughs> uh, and it's super cheap, right? So, these aren't like the Greyhound buses maybe that you're used to seeing from, like, 1970s and 80s. Like, these are better buses than those. Oh, yeah,
0: these are premium. These are like the night bus from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes, something like that. We're on book three right now, so (laughs) if you're wondering... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and and yeah, like the great but thing. Yeah, they don't have beds and they don't park traffic. But otherwise, uh, they're pretty nice. Similar <laughs> level, similar level. Yeah, and they're double-decker buses. They've got Wi-Fi on board, um, although it's not going to be like as Blazing Fast are used to uh, yeah, yeah. with the Wi-Fi at your house. But yeah, you, you can travel to some cool destinations, especially if you live on the East Coast for, for very little money in relative comfort. So yeah, if you're looking for an option, a way to get out of town uh, and do it without spending too much money, without hopping on a plane, or maybe even just avoiding some of the higher gas gas. gas prices right now, I would say Megabus might be a good place for you to turn.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of travel, it's expensive to hop on a plane or rent a car at the moment. Uh, We've talked about the massive sky-high prices of renting a car and gas prices, like you said. They have been surging recently. They're likely to continue going up through August, through the rest of the summer. This is according to AAA. So, yeah, this is not the time to take some uh, (laughs) cross-country road trip, especially if that road trip involves a gas-guzzling rental vehicle. Right, (laughs) That'd be, like, the most expensive way to travel. I can't wait to go, like, Atlanta to California. It's like, no, not, not a, right now. In a suburban or, <laughs> <laughs> or something else. But, uh, you know, one of the things you might want to consider is obviously uh, just try to postpone your trip. Try waiting until the fall to travel if you're able to. Prices will likely be lower and the crowds are definitely going to be smaller. Everyone has looked to outdoor destinations like different uh,
1: national and state parks. Oh, man. Have you seen how some of the national parks are like completely <laughs> ditching a lot of the hours? It's like, ridiculous. I, I had a friend who just went to Glacier National Park and he said, you can either get in before 5 a.m. or after 5 p.m., they're not allowing people in insane. during the other parts of the day. Like yeah. that's how crowded these national parks are getting. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, just generally speaking, off-peak travel
0: it's a good idea, right? And it'll save you hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars uh, on airfare and accommodations if you can be flexible throughout the the course of the year. Being flexible on those travel dates can save you a bunch of money. Uh, and it's also helpful to prioritize cheaper accommodations as well. Hip Camp is a uh, this cool website that is basically the equivalent of Airbnb but it's for camping and glamping, you know. <laughs> do you want to explain what glamping is? Glamping, to you know, a, it's like staying in a...
1: Like something, fancy camping.
0: Fancy camping, like a yurt or something like that, where you can post pictures to Instagram, and it <laughs> looks like that you're into the outdoors. There basically. you go. Okay. <laughs> I actually, had a friend recently that they uh, booked a campsite via Hip Camp, and uh, it's something that he said his girlfriend had used for years now. But he pointed out the fact that it was really cool because they were able to hike on this property that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to uh, unless they were trespassing, which <laughs> we obviously can't recommend, <laughs> but obviously, you're staying in uh, a location that's unique and cool. But to be able to explore the grounds, and, and this property had hundreds of acres uh, out in the wilderness, so that's another cool benefit of staying at a place that is listed there on Hip Camp. So, yeah, if you feel the need for a vacation, but maybe you're light on cash this summer, uh,
1: yeah, check out Hip Camp, that might be able to help. Hip Camp and Megabus, yeah, maybe Megabus you... to that Hip <laughs> Camp site, you know, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That's the way to do it. That's how you're gonna get a really cheap vacation
0: <laughs> if you could do th- If there's anybody out there who this summer either already has done that or is planning to <laughs> please let us, let us know we would love
1: to hear that and yeah we'll talk about it on the show if you do you'll be our new best friend <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about unemployment matt too and the federal unemployment benefits there are uh, have been a couple dozen states at this point who have decided to end the extra benefits early as employers continue to have a difficult time finding folks to fill open jobs including here in the state of georgia we've now eliminated that increased uh, federal unemployment benefits and Matt you and I we've talked with multiple local store owners restaurant owners and breweries who aren't able to get back to regular hours right now or to even full capacity because of the worker shortage one of my favorite restaurants like they they haven't gone back to having waiters and waitresses uh, you still just order at this kiosk at the front yep. uh, because they don't have enough people to serve food. Staff. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see if things change where we live in the coming weeks, because yeah, there was a story uh, that the Wall Street Journal put out, and they are reporting that states who have ended federal jobless benefits earlier, like Missouri did towards the beginning of last month they're seeing a larger percentage of people getting back to work. And then uh, a St. Louis-based hotel company, they saw a massive uptick in the number of job seekers at a job fair that they held after those benefits were discontinued. So it does seem like that was impacting the decisions of people to come back to work or not. And I know it's been tough for employers to just try to find people to fill the gaps. And so, yeah, hopefully we're going to see more equilibrium in the job market soon.
0: Yeah, that specific hotel chain, I think they said that two weeks before the additional benefits ended, they had zero people show up to one of their job fairs. Wow. Then they had a, a fair that was pretty close to when the benefits uh, had ended and they had like seven people show up. But then two weeks after that, they had 40 people show up. <laughs> That's a big difference. <laughs> so for them, it, it seemed to them at least that it was pretty clear. It'll be really interesting to see the data in the coming weeks and months to see if it really was those additional benefits that were keeping job positions from getting filled. You know, because like from an economist standpoint, like you would argue that individuals respond to incentives, right? And so it's important to make sure that you're incentivizing the behavior that you want to see more of. And so to that, This is a big reason that we're continuing to see bonuses for new workers becoming the new normal. So let's give some examples here. There's this food concessions company uh, in Texas is offering a $200 bonus if you come on board full time. And then they're offering $400 referral bonuses to current employees. There's this restaurant in New Jersey offering a $750 signing bonus. uh, And the TSA, the Transportation, is it? Yeah, Security Administration, right? Right. They're offering huge... I don't even know. Like You always hear the TSA, but it's like one of those acronyms that you never say the whole thing. (laughs) True. (laughs) Uh, But they're offering this massive sign-up bonus uh, as well. They're looking to hire uh, 6,000 new airport security screeners, uh, and they're offering a $1,000 bonus to each one of those individuals. That is crazy,
1: man. A $1,000 bonus. I have two two additional anecdotal things to offer here. So one of our mutual friends, Matt, uh she was trying to recruit my wife to work at the hospital where she works because oh. <laughs> she gets a bonus for getting uh bringing new employees in and nice. they're like super short staffed so i know that's the case and then i was like filling up my gas tank last night you know and they have those like gas station TVs uh, uh-huh. that are, and there was like an ad for amazon and they're like $1,000 signing bonuses for certain it's jobs at Amazon. crazy, man. So I'm like, it's it's happening all over the place. Um, and so, yeah, if you have been out of the workforce, one, know that there's a lot of demand, and then two, get one of those sweet bonuses if you can. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, employers are, are less likely to be raising wages to attract new hires, although we have seen wage increases too, that, but that's another reason why we're seeing so many of these bonuses. And as employers are having a difficult time finding workers with experience, it turns out that teenagers are stepping up and taking advantage of these labor shortages. This is like the perfect environment to be a teenager looking for work. Some of them have been been able to find jobs that pay way more than they would would have been able to find like just two years ago, right?
0: Yeah. Whereas like, so in years past, I would see like an 18 year old with a brand new iPhone. I'm just like, oh man, you are spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) But now I see these kids and I've got uh, a phone that's like four years older than what they got. I'm just like, oh, man, you probably bought that yourself,
1: didn't yeah. you? <laughs> you're working hard for your money, and then you're spending it like, now. yeah, yeah, that was my sign-up bonus for, uh, <laughs> for, for my summer job. Right, yeah. And according to the Financial Times, uh, teens accounted for 36% of new hires last month. That's compared to the typical 10% that we wow. see in recent normal years. But yeah, now is a great time to find a job if you're in the market for a new position. Just make sure that you're looking around to see what different employers are offering so that you can ask for a bonus if competitors are offering it uh, and so that you're not leaving any money on the table. There's a lot of power in the corner of workers right now.
0: And plus, I feel like if you were to ask and show that initiative, like someone doing the hiring would be like, OK, that's that's pretty smart. And I feel like I would want to hire a teenager who had that kind of mentality. Sure. Uh, not that the mentality of they're trying to, you know, just make an extra buck, but that they're just being creative in, in how they're going about solving this problem of, well, I want to work for you. But there's this other employer and, you know, they're, they're offering a two hundred fifty dollar little up bonus. Like, is there anything that you can do? Certainly the the power has swung to the worker. So make sure that you keep this in mind as you're applying for different jobs out there. Yeah. If you are looking for a new position, yeah, you don't want it to be like a, a shakedown, but you want yeah. it to be a, a,
1: a shrewd, <laughs> smart, kind negotiation.
0: Yeah. And for everyone else, this might be why you start seeing uh, younger and younger looking teenagers uh, working at your local establishments, which I know that we Pretty have. Pretty sure your boss is going to be a, an 18 year old or 16 year old maybe. <laughs> it's like, can I see the manager please? And, uh, yeah. High schooler shows up. Yeah. Okay. But even with these fat hiring bonuses, more than 20 million American adults say that they don't have enough food. Uh, this is according to the Census Bureau. Man, this is r- really sad news t- for multiple reasons. Uh, but here's something that is encouraging. Free food is becoming a thing as fridges and pantries, sort of like uh, the little free libraries, as they are like proliferating across the U.S. Uh, in some locations, they're called... Uh, a fridge, like a you know mashup between free and I fridge. Like that. I like I can dig <laughs> it. <laughs> There's like a whole network associated with those refrigerators. We've got one here, just less than a mile from where we live, Joel. And here in our neighborhood, they're called Free ninety nine fridges, <laughs> <laughs> not three ninety nine, but Free ninety nine. That's the best price. But we love that there are these f- local mechanisms to uh, to reduce food insecurity, food waste. Uh, I hate seeing food waste as well. Um, hey, and we I, talked about that last week, I think. Was right, it last we? week? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, time, these organizations, like they're doing this locally, and they're hoping to build stronger communities uh, simultaneously. And so I love that. Um, And related to this too, Google has this new tool to help you find food in the community if if you find yourself in need. And you can find that uh, at the site findfoodsupport.withgoogle.com. It's just a a cool little tool. I mean, we all love Google Maps, we use them frequently. And it's just really cool to see Google using uh, such a uh, ubiquitous application like Google Maps and using that to uh,
1: help alleviate this need. Yeah, and even if it's not you that's in need of food, right? Like You're maybe not struggling. If you meet somebody who is, like you can help point them to this resource. You can help drive them to the spot to get ah, absolutely. the food. Uh, it's just a nice resource for you uh, to be able to help someone else who might come up to you because I, man, it happens all the time where we live here in our part of town there are homeless people, there are hungry people, and I don't always have cash on me or food on me. And so um, if I can show them where it is or take them to this spot, this is a resource I'm going to use. But Matt, we've got more to get to on this Friday flight. We got to talk about neobanks. And we also have to talk about taking on debt to invest. We'll get to those stories and more right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here
0: to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal
1: Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Cachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. Dot com slash how to money that's spelled K A C H A V A and get ten percent off your first order that's K A C H A V A dot com slash how to money.
0: All right, we are back. This is our Friday flight, where every week we cover some different stories uh, in the news that we came across this week. And Joel, it's after the break, and so you know that that means it is now time for our ludicrous headline. Of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that one. I tried to go straight from the diaphragm. Yeah, just like this guttural sort (laughs) of talk uh, that you have going on. I like it when you talk to me like that. (laughs) Our ludicrous headline this week came from the Wall Street Journal and it goes something like this Borrowing is back. Uh, Signups for auto loans, credit cards hits records. Joel, you and I, we've been cheering the the financial progress that many Americans have been making during the pandemic, right? We've seen uh, credit cards being paid down in in a massive way and savings rates skyrocketing over the past uh, 15 months or so. That was really cool to see, right? But it looks like that era of uh,
1: prosperity for a lot of Americans is coming to an end. Well, it's not prosperity. It's just a focus on, you know, (laughs) we're not like going to turn into some third world country. I'm just, people aren't focusing on these really good things as much anymore. It seems that folks are not being as smart with their
0: money as much. Auto loans, uh, lease originations are hitting records. More people than ever are opening up credit cards and putting purchases. uh, They're paying for those purchases with debt. And then plus, banks are trying to draw customers back themselves. Lenders are mailing personal loan solicitations in big numbers again as well. Yeah, basically, like all signs are, are pointing towards you taking on more debt right now. But it's important to, to think twice before you bring any new debt into your life. We want to make sure that you're being... Just intentional
1: and smart with the different financial products that you're uh, interacting with. Yeah, and especially as those things come in the mail, you're like, "Oh snap, pre-approved. Maybe I should jump on this." There's like, there's a, a, a sense like for those a week, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, and there's a sense in which you, I think a lot of people a lot of people tend to believe. Well, if this bank says that I'm good for it, then obviously. I should get it or it makes sense. And Matt, we do believe that there's a difference between good debt and bad debt, right? But lots of folks are taking on debt to buy a new car or to take a sweet vacation, right? They're not going the megabus, <laughs> megabus route. They're <laughs> attempting to live large and they're putting those purchases on like a credit card, and that is bad debt, right? It's way better for your personal finances to save up and to be able to pay for those things with cash. And by cash, we mean you can still put it on your credit card. We like credit cards. Yes, uh, Just yeah, yeah. make sure you can pay that balance off in full at the end of the month. And when we look at like the historical reactions to economic recessions, we've seen a similar trend, Matt. A lot of these same things that, that happened over the last year happened during the Great Recession, where uh, people were pinched financially, and what they ended up doing was they ended up saving more and they ended up paying down debt. But then the good times resume and people start to spend like they used to. They're getting out of some of those good financial habits that they started to develop. But we don't want How to Money listeners to follow that same pattern. We want some of those good pandemic habits to stick with us. While we see the spending spree going on around us, I think we want to say, I'm not going to take part to nearly that degree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it pay, this is like one of
0: those times when it pays to be a contrarian, right? Like we want people to, when everybody else is zigging, we want you to zag. So while everyone else is spending, we want you... To not spend. We want you to invest. And we, we, we talked about this back in the spring. We did an episode called The Temptation to Spend is Getting Real. We can link to that one here in the show notes, because it truly is that time has arrived. And a lot of Americans are unfortunately spending a lot of money that they don't have. And Joel, speaking of debt, another terrible use of debt is taking it on in order to do more investing. A recent study by Magnify Money, they found that huge swaths of folks are all about taking on risky, high-interest rate debt in order to stick that money in the market. Uh, 40% of investors that responded to the survey admitted to taking on debt to invest. Uh, But this trend, it appears to be more prevalent uh, among younger folks, so 80% of uh, the, the Gen Z respondents said that they had taken on debt to invest, uh, whereas only 60% of millennials said that they've done it. Uh, and that's just compared to only 9% of baby boomers. And what was striking about the study is the type of debts that folks were taking on in order to invest, right? Uh, the majority of folks who responded were taking on personal loans in order to do this. And we would not recommend that. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's incredibly risky to use debt to fuel your investment. At that level, right? Like that should be done with savings. And the absolute best rate that you'll find on personal loans right now is it's like around 6%, but that's just the absolute best that you can find. And oftentimes you don't qualify for that rate. The average, uh, according to bank rate, the average lowest rate that folks are paying right now is 10%. Wow. That which is much, much higher. And it can go upwards of 20 and 30%. And so if you do that, you're being way too optimistic about the future, uh, and you know this is coming from us who believe in the market. We believe that it's going to continue to go up and to the right. We're mostly optimistic fellas. Yeah. Uh, so this this certainly feels like a euphoric long-term bull market move, but there are bound to be negative consequences when you are borrowing at 10% or higher, expecting to earn more than that over the long run, it's just not going to happen.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, Matt, you're right. It is a sign of too much euphoria. But the reason I think maybe people are doing this is because uh, there was another recent study and uh, US investors as a group apparently expect 17.5% 17.5% returns in the market over the long term, right. which is historically like not going to happen, right? Uh, but when you expect that, you're like, well, sure, I'll take on debt at 8 nine, ten 9%, 10% in order to get those higher returns. Yeah, um, so 10% spread, why not? Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> that is fantasy world. And a lot of those people are going to be severely disappointed when it doesn't play out that way. And I think recency bias is at play here, right? The S&P 500 did have an eighteen percent return last year, or actually just slightly above that. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's including the correction, like that's from right.
0: January to December, right? Like if you look at, like if you if you had started even, at, like at the low point last spring, you're looking at sixty percent. Yeah, uh, you know, between you know last March and today.
1: So I mean, I think people like seeing that they're expecting yeah. similar returns in perpetuity.
0: They're like worst case scenario eighteen percent, best yeah. case scenario sixty percent, ten percent that's nothing.
1: Yeah, and, and if you've held mostly equities uh, for the past decade you've seen monstrous growth too but what are we going to see over the next decade is it going to look like this past one well it's highly unlikely so yeah taking on debt to invest is a bad idea but should you stop investing well no no way we would say no way right keep socking away money every single month in your workplace retirement account and in your IRA your HSA or your brokerage account but just don't be surprised if and when a correction comes. Don't be shocked to see returns in the 4 to 6% range over the next decade instead of this hyper-optimistic Ooh, 17% yeah, that's number. That's a bold prediction. 4 to 6% over the next decade? I mean, that's what a lot of people have said based on the returns we've seen over the past decade, uh, that to kind of get back into line with historical returns of the market, a lot of smart people say we're not going to see returns in the 10% range over the next 10 years uh, because of the incredible returns we've seen over the last 10. But still, investing is one of the best ways to build wealth. Just don't take on massive amounts of debt at high interest rates in order to
0: do it. Yeah. And only time will tell, right? Because who knows? (laughs) We could have another 10 years of excellent growth in the market. But what we do know is what the past has shown us, which is... 10% on average, you take inflation into account, and you're looking at around 7%. Personally, I think that's realistic, uh, much more realistic than 17%. right? Something I'm uh, not as optimistic about (laughs) uh, at the moment is the future of Chime Bank. Oh, you're Uh, going to call out one particular bank. I don't think we've uh, talked about them specifically uh, recently, but they've been one of the fastest growing fintech companies out there. They now have over 12 million customers, but (laughs) that's probably not going to be the case for long. If the Uh, The problems that they are experiencing continue. ProPublica had an article this week that detailed the massive issues at Chime right now. Some uh, Chime customers have been getting their accounts shut down without any notice at all. And in
1: response, Chime just says that they're cracking down on fraudulent deposits. Via a stock email, like they're uh, <laughs> not even interacting with their customers. They're just sending these emails that are like, yeah, sorry, we shut down your account. Um, and they're not really giving people any sort of way to resolve the issue. Yeah, it seems super sketch.
0: And, you know, in the process, they've left many of their, their normal customers without any access to their funds while being given no true explanation as to why just that stock email, like you mentioned, so, right now, Chime actually has more complaints with the CFPB, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, and the BBB, Better Business Bureau, right? <laughs> All these different. Look at you, you're doing really good with your acronyms today. Uh, I try, like, we're, we're just so used to just saying the CFPB, but, like, sometimes it's helpful to know what is the CFPB, yeah. right? <laughs> But there are more complaints right now about Chime uh, to those bureaus than there are about Wells Fargo. Oh. And you know that when you are like beating Wells Fargo at their own game <laughs> of showing crappy customer support,
1: there are probably changes that you need to make. Yes, exactly, right? So if you're currently with Chime, we would say, consider moving your money. So who should you bank with then? Well, how do money listeners know that we don't like the big banks that have brick and mortar locations everywhere, like on every street corner? Uh, That's not the best place to go open an account. But we're also wary of some of these new banks, the neobanks like Chime that are springing up online. And It seems like there's a new one every day, Matt. I'm seeing like an ad online or or whatever, a pitch to sign up for a new account with like some cutesy little additional perks. But yeah, these neobanks don't have much, if any, history. And they aren't actual banks either. Like Instead, they're creating slick apps and websites while calling themselves banks. But they're just an interface that hands over the actual task of banking yeah, to money, real banks behind the scenes. They're money management accounts, essentially, yeah. is, is what they can call themselves. So I think that's confusing for people because... They purposely make it confusing. A lot of the language they use on their site, they call themselves a bank, but really they're just a fintech company with a slick app and a website. And so they're also not regulated in the same way. So yeah, we want you to be with an actual bank, but uh, like we said, not one of the big ones. We're big fans of the solid online banks like CIT, Discover, and Ally. They're still like some of the best in our opinion. They have actual customer service numbers where you can get a hold of a real human being because that's been one of the biggest complaints against Chime is you're getting this stock email and not being able to get in touch with anyone and trying to figure out where your $10,000 that you had in savings went, right? And so yeah, they, they also offer reasonable interest rates on your savings while minimizing fees, we would say, go with the bigger online banks that have a history of good customer service that offer a great product. These neobanks, they kind of scare me a little bit. And Chime in particular, clean things up, like take care of your customers, you've got 12 million customers, uh, quit screwing them over like this.
0: Yeah, it just goes to show that the grass isn't always greener with another bank, uh, just because maybe they're offering like a half a percent more on their high interest savings account or just because they're offering some, like you said, like a cutesy perk, like just some sort of thing that your paycheck two days early. It's like,
1: okay, cool.
0: (laughs) Or some additional benefit that they're offering. Uh, It is not worth it. Make sure you stick with uh, one of these tried and true online banks that that we're fans of and we'll link to those in our show notes, Joel. We can even link to a story that you wrote uh, about why it is that you went with CIT back in the day.
1: Yeah, I've actually got accounts with all three of the ones I mentioned, like literally. (laughs) Uh, And so yeah, I mean, you don't have to be crazy like me and have three different bank accounts. But um, I I think going with any one of those three is a great. idea. And you're
0: normally one who likes to simplify things. So and, and I'm the one that has all of my just day to day money with just a single bank ally. I've been with them for I mean, years and years now. And I'm happy to say I've never had any problems with them. They've always treated me well. But you got anything else for us man? No, that's it man. All right. Well, that's going to be it then Let's for wrap this, this puppy up. For this <laughs> for this episode. Did you ever did you ever like ever wrap a pet or like like as a kid did you ever receive a pet that was wrapped up or like No, I don't it, think so. You no know, pet animal like in a box <laughs> at Christmas that kind of thing. Like with the holes punched in the top. <laughs> you just said wrap this puppy up. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. I know you're thinking about actually getting a pet for your daughter. Maybe oh. when the, that day does come we'll talk about it on the show. You can talk about the expenses associated with that possible pet. But we won't say anything else just in case that doesn't happen, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully she's not listening right now. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. We will see you back here on Monday. We've got a great listener questions episode lined up for you. But until next time, Joel. Best friends out. Best friends out.